Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. Hi, this is Ned Siegfried. Siegfried & Jensen can help you if you've been injured in an accident. However, one thing we can't do is change the amount of your insurance coverage. You need to do that before an accident. By calling your insurance agent today, you can significantly raise your insurance limits for literally pennies a day. You'll be shocked to find out how little it costs to really protect yourself and your family. To learn more about this and other important elements of an accident, visit us at SiegfriedAndJensen.com. For a long time, cancer was one step ahead. Now, the Prostate Cancer Foundation's research is delivering new treatments to patients all the time. I've had prostate cancer. My dad had it, which means now I'm at a greater risk. Join us as we finally take the lead over cancer. Put this game behind us, once and for all. I beat it, and so can you. To get ahead of the game, go to PCF.org to learn more. This is Bob Casper for Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm a Traeger guy, and I got their Timberline 1300 from Barbecue Pit Stop. It comes with a Wi-Fi app where you can see and adjust your cooking temps while sitting on your couch or if you're out and about. My Timberline has 1,300 square inches of cooking space and the ability to cook up to 12 chickens, 15 racks of ribs, or 12 pork butts. I love my Traeger grill, and you can pick up yours today from Barbecue Pit Stop with locations in Lehigh, Salt Lake, Layton, or at barbecuepitstop.com. Never wonder how the Salt Lake Bees baseball field looks so good? The award-winning Bees grounds crew turned to Mountainland Supply for their turf irrigation needs. Mountainland Supply is the exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. What does that mean for you? Well, when you need irrigation products for your lawn that you can trust, Mountainland Supply will not only have what you need, but can assist you in designing your sprinkler system with smartphone technology controllers, drip irrigation, pipe, parts, and tools. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Hello, I'm Al Morris, President and CEO of Uinta Golf. While servicing golfers over the past 49 years, through good times and bad, we've never lost sight of our customers. We have taken a number of precautions to ensure a safe shopping environment for you and our team members. We hope to see you in our stores soon, and thank you for your patience and your loyalty. Now let's get out there and play some golf. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Is it time? Let's do this. It's time for Real Golf Radio, the longest-running nationally syndicated golf show in the country. With insights and experience of professional golfer Bob Casper, son of Hall of Famer Billy Casper, and the passion and, uh, well, fun of Brian Taylor. Nice. Here they are, the hosts of Real Golf Radio, Brian and Bob. 
Well, hey there. Welcome to another edition of Real Golf Radio. I'm Brian Taylor. He's Bob Casper. You found us, and you can hit us up on Twitter. At Real Golf is where you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. It's at Real Golf Radio. Thank you for the follows and the feedback and the comments. We always appreciate it and love to hear from you. And we hope that you are all being safe and uh, that you're starting to be able to move about and hopefully returning to some sense of normalcy. But in the meantime, thanks for tuning to us for a little bit of distraction and some golf talk like we've been doing for some 20 years. While it's true that we do not have the official PGA Tour event, the Byron Nelson Classic, to talk about and discuss and all of the rest of the storylines that certainly would be coming from that event, we will take the opportunity to replay one of our most cherished interviews in the 20 plus years that we've been doing Real Golf Radio, and that's our conversation with Lord Byron Nelson shortly before he passed away, and opportunity to visit with him to find out how it all got started in that, of course, special year of 1945 when he won 11 in a row and 18 of the 30 starts that he participated in that year. Just a feat that will never, ever be equaled or broken, Bob. I don't, I don't see how you could possibly consider that happening in today's modern game. Yeah, I, there's not a chance. The, the, the fields are kind of crazy with all the top talent. And uh, Lord Byron, um, he was a phenomenal player. At that, at that point in time, he had a phenomenal year, and it was really cool to hear him describe how it all came about. Yeah, you're going to want to tune in for that. That's coming up in about uh, 20 minutes from now. Ryan Ballinger, golfnewsnet.com, will stop by. Nate Adelman from OGO on the back nine gives us a look at their new lineup of golf bags. Uh, America's favorite caddy will be by, and then uh, we're going to introduce you to a new LPGA Symmetra Tour event called the Copper Rock Championship right in our home state of Utah. So we'll have a Corn Ferry event in northern Utah, a Symmetra Tour event in southern Utah on a brand new championship golf course called Copper Rock. So all of that straight ahead on this week's edition of Real Golf Radio. And uh, I- I'm excited to kick this one off. i got a lot to talk about. I will just say, from an entertainment standpoint, mm-hmm. the new Seinfeld show on Netflix... <laughs> 23 Hours to Kill is two is that thumbs what it's up. Called? 23 Hours to Kill? <laughs> yeah, 23 Hours to Kill. How many episodes or how long it's is just it? A, it's just a one hour, it's a one hour special. Okay. Yeah. I definitely need, I need, need to watch that. Yeah, you do. It's, it's a good, and he has some fun, pokes some fun at golf, has a good time. My favorite was the buffet uh, from Las Vegas. You'll have to check that ad out. But uh, yeah, hopefully you're enjoying it and thanks for tuning in. We'll get into some golf talk coming up straight away and Lord Byron Nelson, that awesome conversation just a few minutes away right here on Real Golf Radio. In golf, we love the way technology helps us better enjoy the game. The same goes for our other pursuits. If fly fishing is one of those, let me introduce you to the River Quiver. Fly fishing is about the journey, moving from spot to spot until you land that fish you've been looking for all day. But what do you do with your rod? Break it down? Hang it out the back window? You're not going to let it roll around in the back of your truck. Just slide it in your River Quiver, fully assembled and ready to fish. This premium rooftop fly rod holder is designed to protect your rod and give you more time on the water to catch more fish. Locked, loaded ready to fish find your river quiver at riversmith.com to be the number one irons in golf for five consecutive years and counting callaway can't stop pushing the limits that's why they've used artificial intelligence to create the new maverick irons ai has uniquely engineered a flash face cup in every maverick iron to maximize distance throughout your entire set while each club's center of gravity is precisely positioned to optimize launch new distance is out there it takes a maverick to find it get new distance at callawaygolf.com callaway the number one irons in golf 
how did we create our most advanced tour ball ever? We invested and built one of the most advanced golf ball facilities in the world. Inside and out, we've re-engineered every aspect of ChromeSoft to create our fastest, highest quality, and most consistent tour ball ever. A new era of innovation has built a ball for total performance. The new ChromeSoft. This ball changes everything. From the brand that sells over 2 million backpacks per year, OGO's new Fuse Stand Bag will have you feeling as fresh on the 17th hole as you did on the second. Integrating industry-leading strap technology, OGO's Fuse Stand Bag is the perfect companion for the walking golfer. With wide and dense padding and the self-leveling fit disc technology, the Fuse delivers unparalleled walkability. This season, make sure your stand bag is as light as Fuse. Learn more about the best bags in golf at ogo.com slash golf. Now back to Real Golf Radio with Brian and Bob. All right, welcome back in. Brian and Bob with you right here on Real Golf Radio, presented by Callaway Golf and the new Chrome Soft and Chrome Soft X. Callaway's fastest, highest quality, and most consistent tour ball ever. Built for total performance, this ball changes everything. Get Chrome Soft or Chrome Soft X golf balls today at Callaway Golf. Dot com And uh, we sure appreciate Callaway and their support of the show. They've been with us for a long time, and uh, we appreciate them. And uh, Really, really great products that they've launched and kind of been lost a little bit in this COVID. But I'm telling you, now that you're getting back out there, take the opportunity to hit the new Maverick line of uh, fairway woods, drivers, hybrids, and irons, and uh, the new Chrome Soft, Chrome Soft X. It is, they've got some terrific stuff out there, and I've, I've just absolutely... Uh, improved my game this year. There's no question. I'm playing to, again, the lowest handicap that I've ever played. It seems like the last few years, Uh-oh. just getting lower and lower. And it's, what, why'd you say that? What was the uh-oh? What was the uh-oh for I there, Bob? I was saying uh-oh. Why? Because those Chicago games are going to be <laughs> tough to make some money in. Well, unless I'm actually playing up to it. And you're, you're presuming that I'm not playing up to it. I just have a low no, handicap. I, I did not say that. Yeah, it's what the, oh man, I hear I hear you working there. I I think at least it wasn't that, oh good, uh, which I figured would have been coming out of your mouth as in, let's go play. I'll, um, I'm in for 20 bucks. I need to play a little bit more. I've only played once this year so far, so I need to play a little bit more before we start playing again. Well, I don't know. I mean, you know, uh, that might be my only chance to to beat you. I I don't think that I've officially taken you down for a full 18. You're giving me the nine-hole thing doesn't count. I have done that, but not for for 18 holes. Hey, I'm an old man, so don't pick on me. You know, old old uh jerry seinfeld speaking of in that thing he mentioned he was 65 years old yeah 65 yeah oh my 60 gosh. in july so well he looks a little better I, than i you, still Bob, feel like saying. i'm about maybe 40 <laughs> <laughs> sometimes that's passed me by all right let's the speaking of uh, a guy that's not getting any older and that's brooks kepka brooks is, yeah. was our story of the week this week because he came out and did some media and uh, Dan Patrick's show, uh, Dan Patrick does does a great job. And, um, Brooks had some fun on that. I, I, I don't know where you want to start. I want to start with Augusta because that's okay. what's always on my mind. I'm wearing a yeah. master shirt again today. It just is, you know, I'm just having a little bit of withdrawals. My azalea plant that I was so excited about that mm-hmm. I bought, it's kind of starting to lose its bloom a little and that's making me sad. Yeah, I, I know what, I know what happens, but anyway, uh, Brooks, saying that, 
Did I just say Brooksy? I don't know where that came yeah, from. Yeah, you said Brooksy. I, I, maybe it was, I don't you know. You and Tiger. Yeah, me you and Tiger. Well, that's Tiger, we, we, we were hanging out earlier, so that's yeah, probably where yeah. that slipped from. Yeah, yeah but you anyway. and Brooksy. <laughs> so Brooksy and Augusta <laughs> National is going to play a lot harder in the fall from what he, he must have been talking to some members that are feeding him something because he says even par is likely yeah, to be a potential winning score. That's amazing. Yeah, he's saying even par. He's saying that uh, the, the par fives are going to play different because the majority of them play into the wind. Um, he also said that he thinks it's going to be cold, that the, the wind is going to be from a different direction than what they normally play it. So there's, and that every par five will play into the wind. I'm not sure how every par five plays into the wind. I mean, I get 13 and 15 are going in the same direction. Yes. Uh, I don't know that that, I don't know that two and eight, I guess eight almost is in that same direction. Eight goes back up the hill Yeah, Yeah, and and kind of in the same direction too. Okay. All right. So, um, but that should just bode better for him because even if it's into the wind, he's still going to be able to hit it on the green on the par fives if he gets it in the fairway and he's not playing out of the trees or anything like that. He also made the comment about he doesn't know how long the rough is going to be. What? Exactly. Or or what the or what the golf course is going to look like as far as the conditioning of it. If they're going to overseed it, if uh, if they're going to decide not to overseed that that fall, but they will. Because then they've got the Masters again in April. So um, they will overseed. It may be a little bit sparse, but you know what? I'm sorry. It's, you know, they're going to overseed in August. Um, By the time November comes around, the golf course is going to be in pristine condition. And it's going to look awesome, just like it always does. We won't have azaleas blooming or other flowers or trees, dogwoods or anything like that blooming but we will have fall colors and it will be a great masters no matter what. And he's saying, I don't know that it's going to be really cold. I mean, I know he's from Florida, but really cold. Yeah, you know? it won't be. You're still in the South. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess there's a you potential. You can get some cold weather, but I think for the most part, people we've talked to in Augusta, like John Patrick and some of the other people that have played the golf course in November said it's in their opinion, it's the best time of the year to play it. Yeah. So interesting stat. Since 1990, there's only been one or two years when the winning score has dipped below five under par. And that was in 2007 when, of course, Zach Johnson won at plus one. And then again in 1966 when Jack Nicholas won um, at even par. Yeah, well, so I, I, w- I would say that history is not on the side of that comment, but then again... We're playing yeah. it at a time that the Masters has never been played before. So, you know, look you at it know. that way. Yeah, look yep. at it that way. So uh, Brooks also telling and sharing a story that that kind of was teased a little bit on um, The Last Dance, the MJ, you know, bowl story about <laughs> a little match when he was feeling pretty good about himself and talked some smack to his airness, and MJ made him pay. You see, and the whole thing, I'm sitting there thinking, now, is MJ that good? MJ's got, M, MJ has shots. That's why he's that good. And that's why he would have won like that. I don't think he would play Kepka straight up and expect to beat him um, or could beat him. So MJ of course he had to beat him straight shots. up. Yeah. I mean, Kepka's number one player in the world, two or three or wherever he happens to be. Yeah. Nonetheless, you're not going to have a, you know, a former, you know, NBA player as great as he is he's not going to be playing head up you know heads up with uh with a guy like brooks kepkin winning but still it was a great story right and yeah whatever mj had to do shots or not 
he clutched up and did what he needed to do to take Brooks's money. So good for him. Well, he's the ultimate competitor. Yeah, I mean, good for him, right? Yeah. As he says, he doesn't have a gambling problem. He has a com- competition problem. There you go. That's like the way that. he defined it. Yep, that's how he defined it. Yeah. The other thing that Brooks Kepka talked about was when the tour gets started, first of all, it's nice to have something to shoot at as far as the tour starting in June. But when the tour gets started in June, he will definitely be teeing up. The last time he played there was two years ago. He finished second to Justin Rose and um, shot 63 in the final round there at Colonial. So that will be the first time he's there. And my question is, we've talked about this before, but with the condensed schedule, guys not wanting to play like 13 events in a row or something like that, you know, how many of these guys will be there playing in that event since it's the first one back on the PGA Tour? And how how many of them will guys play throughout the fall before we get, you know, through the Tour Championship, before we get to the U.S. Open and and uh, and all the other the other majors and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I think guys are going to be playing and playing often because they've been on the sidelines for far too long. Well, coming up next, our conversation in honor of what would have been the week of the Byron Nelson, our cherished conversation with Lord Byron next right here on Real Golf Radio. Hi, it's Ned Siegfried. Siegfried and Jensen has been around a long time. We've been handling injury cases for over 30 years. During this time, Siegfried and Jensen has had the privilege of helping tens of thousands of Utahns. If you've had the misfortune of being injured in an accident, we'd love to help you as well. To talk to us for free about your situation, call us at 801-222-2222 or visit us at SiegfriedJensen.com. You might know Mountain Land Supply for its plumbing products, but did you know Mountain Land Supply also carries landscaping, irrigation supplies, and tools? They can help you design and calculate the exact feet of pipe, sprinkler heads, and nozzles to use for your yard. Using smartphone technology, you can even control your watering with state-of-the-art controllers. For all your landscaping needs, go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant. Game changers, even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts. And I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. Hello. 
I'm Al Morris, President and CEO of Uinta Golf. While servicing golfers over the past 49 years, through good times and bad, we've never lost sight of our customers. We have taken a number of precautions to ensure a safe shopping environment for you and our team members. We hope to see you in our stores soon, and thank you for your patience and your loyalty. Now let's get out there and play some golf. Uinta Golf, home of the 90-day 100% satisfaction guarantee. Now back to Real Golf Radio, talking golf back when 300-yard drives were big. For real, here's Brian and Bob. Welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, presented by Callaway Golf, and we appreciate you taking some time. You know, this would have been the week of the AT&T Byron Nelson, and we, every year during this event, we take the opportunity to replay one of our most cherished interviews that we have had a chance to do, and that's sitting down with Lord Byron Nelson and, uh, you know, explaining to us how the tournament got started, that magical year of 1945, and in his honor, we continue to play it year after year, and we'll do so as long as we continue to do the show. Here's that conversation. Enjoy. Lord Byron Nelson. I started caddying at Linden Garden Country Club at Fort Worth when I was 13. And uh, I liked the game from the very start. I never, I'd been a country boy. My people, my people were farmers. And uh, when we moved to town, I'd never heard the name of golf. See, golf was, all, golf was very small in those days. And uh, I'd never heard the name of golf. And found some of my friends had an extra dime a quarter to spin which you didn't have those day and time was to, to just go out and spin. And uh, so I found out they had them, and I found out that they caddied at Lid Garden, so I went over got my name on the list, and they had more caddies than then than did, uh, did players. <laughs> but I loved it right from the start. Well, that's tremendous. Obviously, uh, it loved you as well. And, it, you know, in 1945, I alluded to it a minute ago, you won 11 straight tournaments and 18 times that year. Can you describe your attitude or your frame of mind during that time and that year? Well, let me break you up just a little bit ahead of that. I had a good year in 44. I, I think the 22 tournaments or something like that or more, and I won eight. Wow. Okay, and I finished well in my I, I don't think I ever finished worse than 10th or the, all year. And then so uh, I found out doing inventory of what I did in 1944. Uh-huh. And there wasn't anything they're very serious about it. They, except for going through that, I found careless shot, more than uh, careless shot, careless shot. Not not all the time, but more than any other one thing, and chip poorly, chip poorly. That was the only question in the whole year about the way I played. Huh. Right. So I made, an, I made my New Year's resolution uh, from D.C., the the last one, the 18th that year, was at Linden Garden, where I'd started as a caddy, mm. called Fort Worth Open, and it was two weeks before Christmas. So <clears throat> the weather was cold, the greens frozen, a few things like <laughs> that. But anyway, uh, so uh, I made up my mind then, from then to the time I went to California, that <clears throat> I, was not, I was not going to play a careless shot, and I was going to work on my chipping a little bit. Right. All right, that's what led into 45. Wow. In 44, I'd, I shot, I'd average the lowest score, 69.67. That was a record at that time. And now that in 45, then, the total for the year was 68.33. Wow. 
So that's a stroke and a third per round. It don't sound like much, but that's five for a tournament. That's huge, and, yeah. And you're playing, you're playing well. Why you're going to be somebody when you yep. do that? You bet. So that's that started my year. My game was such I was playing very comfortably. I wasn't particularly working on anything in my game except being careful about uh, not rushing. I'm not. I'm not talking about in the swing. I mean, getting in a hurry, walk right. too fast, and so forth. So uh, uh, I just played very easily, very methodically, and very. I I developed a great rhythm early in the year. Of course, my rhythm was always pretty good, but I developed a great rhythm in thinking that way, and that's why I was I played so consistently. You know, back about the winning that many and what it was, what it was. You know, when I when I won fifth in a row, why there's a little piece about one paragraph in the papers hmm. about the fact that nobody had won over four. So I won five. Now, it didn't bother me. I wasn't playing to win another tournament. I was playing hole by hole by shot by shot by tournament by tournament. And I'd school myself on that. And I didn't say, well, I won six, I got to win 70. Or I won eight, can I win eight. And there was very little said about it until the PGA at 45 at Bahrain and Dayton. That was a major tournament. I tied for the medalist at 67. Uh, which on Revolta, and uh, so then I had some very good and very difficult matches at a great field, and I finally won. I finally won that tournament by beating uh, Sam in the finals. Right. Normally, if you could, I know you could you believe this, Bob. There was so little press people, one or two, or sometimes or three. The first time I won the Masters, I really interviewed once. That was by O.B. Keeler from the Atlanta Journal. Huh. And of course, he is covered for Associated Press. Right. Well, when when I won that, there was six press for the PGA Championship. And so when I, after I finished, I had many things written about in the paper and things. And when I finished, I'd won the tournament. Then, of course, next I went to the interview room and uh, the six men and I interviewed with them. And they said, you know, this is the ninth tournament you won in a row. And I said, I'm glad you guys know it. I know nobody else knew so much. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we laughed about it and stuff. So they wrote quite a bit about it, and that's when they started about the in a row thing. Right. <laughs> it was fun. Uh, it was. Just, it, it never did become a bother till I began getting tired along about the twelfth of when I lost. And that, of course, Freddie Haas beat me. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he and I had a conversation on the telephone just a few months ago, and uh, we were talking about something business. We're talking about that. He ended up saying, "You remember that term with you." Uh, remember Memphis? I said, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> and and he's, I was paired with him the last round. But being tired with him and him leading me four shots, got my uh, adrenaline going again. And, and I I just about caught him. And then I hit, hit the pin and the bounced off the ditch and stuff, or water, whatever it was, at the 12th hole. And uh, uh, I made double bogey. And so that put him back to four. Sure. And he said, if if you had hit that flagstick on that hole, said I, I you maybe not knowing, but I, I you'd about had to be gone. <laughs> <laughs> He'll tell you that now, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Byron, tell me what your motivation was that year. I know that you had kept a diary and and were were checking on the money that and that's documented the money that you made. But well, weren't you trying to weren't you trying to buy a farm or a ranch or something? Yes, I was. I'm sitting here right right now. I'm the same place I bought. Wow. At Road Oak, Texas. I've uh, I had 
raised the country. I liked the country. I didn't uh, I didn't mind the cities. I don't mean that. But I wanted to be out. So, but my my thought was this: I wanted to win more tournaments than anybody. I won in a row, but yet I did not focus on that. I really focused on each course, each tournament, each stroke, a whole of time. I learned to do that early in my career because I started, like a lot of young players do, thinking too much ahead of time. Right. And uh, by the time that time comes, why well, you're already lost. But uh, my swing was very comfortable, and uh, I just had a desire to win every important tournament in the United States at least once, including all majors. Those were my goals. Also, my main goal was to make extra money to buy and pay for this place. Because even my total that year, as good as it was, as great as it was, I made fifty-two thousand dollars. Wow! And yeah, it doesn't seem possible, does it? Wow! But I had goals earlier. I wanted to become uh, a prominent player. I won number one. I wanted to do was to be a decent sort of man. I wanted. To, I was a Christian. I'd, I raised in Church of Christ by my wonderful parents, and I have continued to do that. And I think because of the actions that I made and the things that I have not done, have allowed me to uh, be to have the respect of not only the golfers but of the people that I have today. Absolutely. Lord Byron Nelson, our guest, tell us about your decision to leave the game at such an early age. Seems like you were right in your prime and, and decided to walk away. Not many guys can do that. Well, I don't think they can, but... The thing that, you know, the other thing that I didn't, I hadn't said for you, I was really still was not making much money then at all. And I wanted to do some other things. I wanted to get into other, other, some other ways. I had desires, almost a desire to be an account executive uh-huh. and stuff like that. But of course, I didn't have enough education. I only went to the ninth grade and I had no background in that. So, uh, I started then. The thing that was good, it's the best thing ever happened to me because, look, I would not have been on the television. I was the first man that's on television regularly as a commentator, mm-hmm. uh, a pro commentator. I started I started really in 1960. Right. But then I went under contract with, I did freelance, say, uh, radio and TV. Mm-hmm. And went with ABC with Rune Arledge and Chris Schickel. In 1963, under contract when Nicholas won the PGA here in Dallas at DAC. And I was with him 14 years until 1977. And uh, the thing that that did was when they started the tournament, the Dallas Open would be, you got, you got some time? Oh, yeah, we're fine. Go you ahead. Well, when the Dallas Open had played one golf course, one down, one done, another golf course. And so they never had any continuity our people who who run the tournament, somebody do it one year and somebody else the next, somebody the next, sure. and it, it was a failure. And uh, so uh, I had, of course, left the tour now and uh, and uh, was uh, doing some television work and radio work here and writing with a ghost writer in the Dallas Times-Herald. So I had made millions of people that asked me questions, why is the Dallas tournament so, oh, such a failure? And I quoted just the things I just already said to you about just what was going on. Yeah. So I said it needs to be tied to something other than the Dallas Open. It's going to have to be at some place where that they have the same continuity. You could build continuity of people that are working on the tournament. 
when you go to well, you go to DAC one year, you go to Brook Hall another year, you go to uh, Lake Lakewood another year, you keep going around, and uh, there's no continuity to it. So I told them that, and so uh, the sailmanship club that sponsored our tournament, they had been sponsoring things and raising money to work with delinquent children from 1922. So they were doing a great job of what that money they had. So in 1967, they sponsored the Dallas Open the first time in 1967, and it was at Oak Cliff Country Club. Earl Stewart was a pro there, a good player, and he won the tournament. Well, uh, I had been, now I had built a Preston Trail with the great architect Ralph Plummer, and it was a good golf course. And so in about uh, a couple of three months after the tournament, why one day W.L. Todd, Phoenix McKnight, and three other men, but W.L. Todd and Phoenix called me uh, from Dallas. And said, Byron, yes, it's told me, and we got something we want to talk to you about. We know you're home. We want to see you right now. We're on our way, okay? <laughs> I said, sure. So they came out, pulled up, and came in and sat out, and we started talking. And they said, you know, Preston Trail, you hit Bill Preston Trail. It's a good golf course. And so forth. We talked about that and so forth. And then they said, uh, we've been talking to them about playing the Dallas Open there all time. And I thought, oh, that's great, because it's a good golf course, and it'd be one one golf course, and it's a, uh, said, the only thing about it, it's a bend on the golf course. So they said, there's one other, one other thing we have to have, and uh, we want to call it the Byron Nelson Classic. So that's how it came about. So I was just flabbergasted. I was honored <laughs> so I could hardly speak. So that's the way the tournament started. Wow. In the fall of 67, when they made the announcement, they, they had a big Party downtown Dallas, and Governor Conley was there, who was a great governor, the man that got shot along with Kid Kennedy did. Uh, Hogan was there, DeMerit was there, my mother was there, first time she'd ever been to one of those parties. Sammy Davis and <laughs> Lynn Camel were the wow. entertainers. Wow, how about that? So they really kicked it off. And I tell you, we make, our tournament makes 10% of all the tour money on charity. There you go. It doesn't get much better than that. Lord Byron Nelson sharing the story about how the AT&T Byron Nelson got started and just what a gentleman and what a tribute to the game to have such a great person as part of the history. All right, we'll take a short break. Thanks so much for tuning in. Brian and Bob with you right here on Real Golf Radio. Love what you've been seeing from Quater by Travis Matthew? Then you'll love the new additions to their golf footwear line, the Ringer and the Wild Card. Whether you're looking to just show up and swing or if you're looking for something that'll make you look like you know what you're doing, even if your game says otherwise, Quater's new premium performance golf shoes have something for everyone. First-time customers will receive 15% off their purchase when they visit Quater.com. That's 15% off your first Quater purchase when you visit www.Quater.com. When it comes to putting, alignment is arguably the most important part of the equation. Okay, let's face it. If you're not lined up correctly, the odds of you making anything are next to nothing. Which is why Odyssey continues to set the standard for performance with the new triple track putters. The distinct triple track alignment lines that you've seen on Callaway golf balls, they're now featured on the new triple track putters from Odyssey. It's shocking how much easier it is to line up your putts. Wow. Triple track technology utilizes a principle called, you ready for this, vernier hyperacuity. 
What? To improve your alignment and your putting accuracy. That's that same visual technology used to land jets on aircraft carriers. Hey, now that's reliable and accurate. And once you're lined up, you can focus on making a great stroke. Just like Bob always does, which is even easier since every triple track putter has a multi-material consistency enhancing stroke lab shaft that's been winning major championships and dominating at tour events around the world. Get lined up with the new triple track putters at odysseygolf.com. Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Callaway knows you can't create new distance by doing the same old, same old. It takes unconventional thinking to create something transformative, and that's what Callaway did with the new Maverick driver. Maverick's Flashface SS20 was designed using artificial intelligence, a powerful supercomputer tested and refined thousands of virtual prototypes until it created Callaway's fastest, most forgiving driver possible. New distance is out there. It takes a Maverick to find it. Explore Maverick drivers at CallawayGolf.com. Born from 10 years of research and innovation, the shaft synonymous with high performance and unrivaled feel is back. Introducing the all-new Matori X from Fujikura. Built to amplify the performance of today's driver heads with a reinforced bias core and a torsionally stiffened handle, Matori X doesn't just add speed and stability, it multiplies it. Get custom fit from Matori X today. You're listening to Brian Taylor and Bob Casper talking golf since Jordan Spieth was in first grade. You started it. That's real golf radio. All right, welcome back to Real Golf Radio. Brian and Bob with you. Thanks for joining us. This segment brought to you in part by Callaway and the new Maverick Fairway Woods. Maverick's Flash Face SS20 was designed using artificial intelligence, a powerful supercomputer, tested and refined thousands of virtual prototypes until it created Callaway's fastest, most forgiving driver and fairway woods possible. New distances out there. It takes a Maverick to find it. Check it out at Callaway Golf. Dot com, And uh, we are really excited to welcome our next guest to the show. So we head out east and uh, Maryland way, our good friend from golfnewsnet.com. Ryan Ballinger joins us right now, and we have to begin with a hearty happy birthday to uh, to our good friend. Happy birthday, Ryan. How are you, man? I'm good. Thanks for the well wishes. It's nice to be 37 and, uh, and still playing some golf. <laughs> 37. That's good times, You're man. You're a youngster. Yeah, I still got a long way to go, but it, uh, it it started to feel more like 37. didn't really feel like that until I started kind of getting above 35, and now it kind of feels like I am my age. Isn't that the truth? But uh, I'm still desperately fighting against it, so we'll see how that battle goes this year. So you got out and played some golf. We were just talking before uh, coming on the air, and, uh, God, it's got to be nice to be back out on the golf course, huh? Yeah, I believe uh, Maryland closed its golf courses by – statewide edict on march 23rd so that's a month and a half basically without golf i I had to cross state lines to play golf once i crossed (laughs) state lines to to play golf (laughs) yeah i i I think that was actually illegal so i may have committed a crime um but i was determined not to do that again and and fortunately uh, we're in a position now i guess to be able to, to open up golf courses again and Fortunately for everyone in this country, I mean, all, every state now you can play golf pretty much across the country. There are places here and there where you can't, but it, it's good to be able to say that people who want to play golf can play golf again. Ryan, you I know, was, you were, sorry, go ahead, Bob. I was going to say you were talking about, you know, feeling your age and stuff. I went out and played with my grandson and two of my boys this week. We played nine holes. We were able to ride in a cart 
And um, all I know is when I woke up the next morning, my back was killing me, my lower back. <laughs> so, yes, I'm pushing. I, I will be 60 this year in July. So I am definitely feeling feeling the age. I mean, it, I I walk and I, I prefer to walk usually. And our course is very hilly. And you, you kind of got to be in a certain condition to be able to play it. Because if you haven't walked in a while or you don't walk this type of course in a while, it's going to eat you alive. And yeah. by the time I got to about 16 or 17, I was like, all right, I, I remember what, why I haven't, why this hurts. And uh, <laughs> so hopefully tomorrow it won't. And, you know, it's not supposed to be the best weather this weekend, but uh, hopefully next week I'll get to give it another try. There's a Netflix has a new Seinfeld special. Did you see that stand up from Seinfeld? I think it's uh, 23 hours to kill that it's called. Have you seen that one yet? I'm going to watch it this weekend. I've, I've watched the preview clip. It's fantastic. He does a little golf bit in there, but uh, which is good. But he throws out there, okay, this you mentioned, Bob, you're turning 60. Uh, yep. Kind of midway through his his show, he says, all right, Let's uh, let's that's my kind of my observations about what I see. Let's talk about me and start with the numbers. Uh, it was shocking. Uh, he's when he said how old he was. I, I think it's because we still watch all the reruns when he's in his mid thirties or something, right? Or yeah. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he Jerry Seinfeld is sixty five years old. Sixty five. Oh really? Yes. 65. Wow. That's not even a good Seinfeld, but <laughs> I mean, I, good. I watched. I watched him in, I've been watching The Last Dance on ESPN. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people have. And there was a Seinfeld cameo, you know, during The Last Dance season. And I was like, man, he looks really young. But it's the same Jerry Seinfeld I've been watching three runs of for 20 years. <laughs> so I guess maybe that makes sense. I don't you know. Yeah, it's it's shock. He's been married for 19 years, so you can imagine wow. just getting started at 45. And uh, but it, but it's in, it's a it's a good watch. I'll tell you, I enjoyed it. I found myself laughing out loud on on several occasions. But you know, I'm I'm a huge fan. I've seen him live once, and I thought he was so good watching him live that I that I tried to actually buy the ticket to the next. He had he was doing a two a, a two for right. So um, I hit the early show and almost try, I tried to get tickets to the late show, but my wife wasn't interested in doing it again. But anyway, it was he, he was fantastic. So hey, I wanted to ask you. Um, you, you off, before we came on the air, you mentioned that it was great to go out and play a place you played like three hundred times. I think this is an interesting discussion because when people are deciding whether or not to join a private club. One of the things that they that are that's often discussed is well, if you join the club, you're going to play. The, you're you're going to feel obligated, and you're going to want to play out here pretty much all of the time. And yeah. some people say, "Oh, I prefer to play." You know, all the golf courses in the area, for instance. Do you? Because I, I've been a member of a club for ten years now. And I just don't get tired of going out and playing that golf course. In fact, I prefer to go out and play the club than as, as opposed to going other places. What, what's your thoughts on, on that sort of dynamic of, of private club membership? This will be my, it's will be nine years mm-hmm. in November since I joined a club at the club that I'm at now. And it's probably been more than 300 times, to be honest with you. But I feel like I'm still learning parts of the course, even 300 whatever times in. Uh, there, mm-hmm. I've changed strategy on playing holes in year seven, eight, and nine on holes on the course. I'm still figuring out how I want to play it. So I'm not bored with it. And maybe that's because I've made myself do something different, <laughs> but I, I don't get tired of playing the same place and, and no slight against the places that are 
at local places that are, are public near my house. I mean, there are plenty of them, five or six, and they're all fine, but they all have flaws and they all have things that I don't like about them. And they have things that I do like about them. So yeah. if all things being equal, uh, there, there's no perfect course around me and th- that doesn't really exist. There's no perfect course around me. I might as well stick with the one I know and can play in two and a half hours on a quick day. Mm. And I, I can go walk a quick five or six holes if I want. and No one's going to get mad at me for doing it. Uh, there's a lot of benefits that come with playing the same course over and over again, even if that means sometimes you feel like you hit the same shots over and over again. Mm. You know, you're talking about strategy there. So my question is, Having played the golf course many times and you've changed your strategy, especially in the last three, two or three years, has that helped your game to improve or have you noticed that you're playing better golf now? Sometimes. So I'll give you a really good example. So the fourth hole at our club is about 315 yards, a little bit downhill, typically a little bit downwind, wind from the left. Um, the hole is kind of Mickey Mouse in the sense that you either you have basically three choices. You either try to drive the green like a maniac, like I, I do now, or you hit a long iron, you kind of go over a hill, kind of down into a valley, and you hit a 60-yard shot to an elevated green. That's It's usually one of the firmer ones of the course, so it's not even all that helpful to hit it with a 60-degree wedge even. Or you can lay up to the top of the hill and try to hit a full pitching wedge or nine iron, depending on who you are, in the green. Well, I used to just try to hit four iron down to the bottom of the hill, and that didn't seem to make it any better. Uh, a couple times I would try in vain to, to lay it up to a specific number, and that just seemed like I was playing two par threes in a row. And now I just blast driver as far as I can, and more times often than not, I'm five yards short of the green or sometimes on uh, or pretty close to the chip and a putt. If I can get up and down from 15 yards, then I score well. Yeah. So – it's worth the risk, but I, that my thinking has evolved on that. And I'm not, I mean, I love to hit driver more than anybody, but I, I thought the conservative play was smart. Turns out I was wrong. So, um, mm. and I, I changed my thinking on another similar hole, um, on the back nine, that's about three thirty, and it plays into a Valley. And it really doesn't make a whole lot of sense to hit driver when you stare at it. But I just started trying to do it because there's out of bounds all up the left and I'm, just as likely to pull it left out of bounds with a free iron as I am with the, the driver. So I'll hit driver and it seems like it's worked. I mean, I, I make more birdies now. So um, being more aggressive has, has turned out to be a better strategy for me. But there are some times when uh, I, I battle myself and go, eh, maybe you're not right. And I think that's the fun of golf is still trying to assess whether my decisions from years ago are right or not. Yep. Ryan Ballinger, golfnewsnet.com, joining us here on Real Golf Radio, just having a fun little uh, golf discussion. Again, absent of uh, PGA Tour events to break down. Uh, I, you know, one of the interesting things is what makes a great golf course to play every day? I don't know that, Ryan, you've been around to many of the major championship venues, tour courses, that type of thing. A lot of those courses, in fairness, are set up differently the week of a PGA Tour event than what maybe the members are playing them on a regular basis. But I'm not so sure having played some of them. Now, there are definitely ones. Pebble Beach, I'll throw out there right now. I could play it every day and be just fine. Uh, but there are some that I'm not so sure I would trade my little, you know, no-name country club for that on a for my daily golf experience. Sometimes it's, you know, maybe it's the walk, maybe it's the difficulty. But I enjoy the fact that I can go out and, you know, have a challenge, 
but I can make some birdies and it's just enough to kind of wet your whistle or hit that sweet tooth or whatever cliche you want to throw out there that, that makes it fun to go out and play golf. Yeah. I mean, I, I've been fortunate to play some incredible places. I mean, top five places in the, on the planet. And there's so much fun to play as a, a one game situation where you, you're just trying to go and shoot the best score you can because you never know if you're going to get to do it again. But I'll take Oakmont, for example, fortunate to play enough after the 16 U.S. Open. And we played it from the U.S. Open tees, and we played it with the U.S. Open pins. And you, I don't think you could pay me to play that course every day. And the Oakmont members were like, yeah, this is, this is easier than what we get for daily play. But well, then no, I do not want to be a member of Oakmont yeah. because that sounds yeah. miserable. I don't want to get my butt kicked every day. I want... My favorite courses, the one, and, and I enjoyed Oakmont tremendously. They were wonderful. But the, my favorite courses from a daily play perspective are the ones that ask you lots of questions, not the same questions over and over again. Mm. So yeah. can, can you get to a par five and two? Can you manage a three shot or can you, can you make it to a green and two on a 460 yard finisher uphill? I mean, that's the, that's our finisher at Argyle. It's about 4:30 normally, and then we added a tee a couple of years ago. It's now 4:60, so it's basically a 500-yard finisher. I mean, that's a crazy question to ask if you've been walking a hilly course all day. Um, but it, it that course, my course, asks questions that let you be aggressive and let you be conservative, and then you figure out your way to score and those are the places I want to play every day. Not the ones that tell you exactly what you've got to do. And if you don't do it, it's going to be a bad day. I, I don't get a whole lot of pleasure out of places like that. So it doesn't have to be the best condition place. It doesn't have to be the most exclusive place. None of that. It just has to ask the right questions. And if it does, then I'm, I'm going to love playing there again and again. Mm, I love that. Really, really good. And that's a good way to put it. it what, the questions that it asks of your game. I love that. Awesome. What, what's, before we let you go, what is your favorite uh, from amongst all the cool golf courses that you've been fortunate to play, the famous and, and whatnot? Ooh. Um, I mean, o- Oakmont's going to stand out just because it was, for as much of a, I mean, I don't want to get my butt kicked every day, but <laughs> that was a fun butt kicking. I mean, I, that was one of the best rounds of my life, and I shot eighty five. Nice. Um, but you know, Shinnecock was amazing yep. as a preview Shinnecock. for the yep. the Open. That was, I mean that that was a golf course that asked a lot of different questions, and they were hard questions because it's just a hard golf course. But mm-hmm. it it asked the right ones over and over again. And it, it was, was the fun same though, right? Vein. But it was, I mean, it was tremendously fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was great. And you, the penalty for missing is greater there than obviously our courses, but that, that's fine. But Piner's number two was also tremendous because it tested whether or not I thought I could overpower a golf course or I could do the same thing over and over and get a different result. And probably about 12 holes in, uh, Willie McRae, who is the, the Hall of Fame caddy who's no longer with us, he was caddying for our group that day. And he basically looked at me about two thirds of the way in the round. I was like, finally, are you going to listen to me? Stop putting a wedge in your hand and bump and run this thing up to six feet. Mm-hmm. And I fought him the whole way up until then. And then of course, bump and run. It's like, give me range. Like we could have done this a whole lot sooner. So, um, I think those are the places that stand out where it's, it's again, it's just the questions that you're asked. It, it doesn't matter how hard it is or easy it is. 
if it's a variety of questions, then it, it's going to keep you engaged all the way through. Yeah, no doubt. Sweet. Good stuff, man. Hey, yeah. Ryan, always good to visit with you. Again, happy birthday this week. Glad uh, glad you were able to enjoy it with your family. Happy that you're out playing golf again and the rest of the country as well. Hopefully we'll uh, turn the corner and we'll be watching some of uh, the tour players out playing some golf before too long, huh? Yeah, hopefully we can talk about some, some PGA Tour golf and the other major tours sooner than later, and hopefully all of us can – see brighter days ahead and, and go play some golf with that. Now having to worry about pool noodles and touching flag sticks and all <laughs> yeah. that stuff. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Exactly. Day. Amen. Thanks buddy. Good to visit with you. Thanks guys. Right, Appreciate there you it. Go. Ryan Ballingy, golfnewsnet.com. Check out his site. A uh, really good dude and always fun to talk with short break. Uh, we'll wrap up this hour next. Hey guys, BT here, and Bob and I are two happy customers of Barbecue Pit Stop. I'm absolutely in love with my new Yoder YS640S. This is the most versatile smoker grill I've ever used, and its Wi-Fi makes it a cinch. I feel like a barbecue pit master. Hey, whatever you need from grills and smokers to rubs and sauces, Barbecue Pit Stop has it for you in one of their three locations, Lehigh, Salt Lake, or Layton, or online at barbecuepitstop.com. I'm Bob Casper with the Casby Real Estate Group, where we have more than 40 years of combined real estate experience in Utah. We understand that the way people buy and sell is rapidly changing, and life's biggest moves can be a stressful experience. At the Casby Real Estate Group, we provide cutting-edge technology, innovative marketing strategies, and skilled negotiation to help you reach your goals. We care about what you care about, and our most important partnership is with you. That's why I'm with Casby Real Estate Group at iPro Realty Network, where we pride ourselves on life's biggest moves simplified. Temperatures are rising, and you know what that means. It's time to turn your water on your sprinklers. Turn to the experts at Mountainland Supply to get you the right products for your yard. Mountainland Supply is an exclusive Rainbird golf distributor in Utah. That means the golf pros and superintendents trust Mountainland Supply and Rainbird for their sprinklers, controllers, pipe, and everything they need to irrigate the golf courses. Shop where the pros shop. Go to mountainlandsupply.com to find the location nearest you. Introducing the Amazing Rewards for Business 321 program. With the Amazing Rewards for Business Visa credit card from Zions Bank, you earn three points for select business purchases, two points for travel, and one point for all other purchases. Learn more about the Amazing Rewards 321 program at ZionsBank.com or your local Zions Bank. Zions Bank, we haven't forgotten who keeps us in business. Subject to credit approval, terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. Zions Bank, a division of ZBNA member FDIC. This is Brian Taylor. There are things in your life that stand out as significant, game changers even. They impact everything else you do. I'm not overstating when I say my choice to have LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision was one of those. Growing up, I had good vision. I never wanted glasses. One day in college, I realized I couldn't see the whiteboard. Finally, I broke down. I got glasses and contacts, and I was introduced to the world of irritated and dry eyes, contact solution, broken glasses, you name it. Finally, I had LASIK surgery from Hoops Vision. This was a game changer. No more contacts, no more solution, no more glasses. Instantly, I could see. It was so easy, and it worked. My only regret was waiting so long. Hoops Vision is world-renowned, and with the latest technology, they give you more options than ever. Do yourself a favor. Go to HoopsVision.com right now and schedule your free consultation. And mention Real Golf Radio and save $1,000 off your LASIK procedure. Hoops Vision is your key to making sure nothing gets between you and your life focus. It's one of those moments you'll always remember. You're listening to Real Golf Radio. Now back to Brian and Bob. 
All right, welcome back. Real Golf Radio, Brian Taylor, Bob Casper, brought to you in part by the new Maverick Driver from Callaway. Whether it's Maverick, the low-spin Maverick Sub-Zero, or ultra-forgiving Maverick Max, artificial intelligence has optimized every Maverick Driver. New distance is out there. It takes a Maverick to find it. Explore Maverick at Callaway Golf. Dot com And uh, we appreciate all those who spent some time with us here in hour number one. Of course, that great interview with Byron Nelson. Ryan Balangie from GolfNewsNet.com. Still to come on the back nine, hour number two, Nate Edelman from OGO will join us with their new lineup of OGO golf bags. America's favorite caddy scheduled to stop by as well as tournament director Dave Vivieros from the Copper Rock Championship on the LPGA's Symmetra Tour. That's all straight ahead on the back nine. Hour number two of Real Golf Radio. Um, Bob, when you talk about see what you've been missing, brought to you by our good friends at Hoops Vision and HoopsVision.com. I miss seeing Byron Nelson sitting behind the green, you know, in his little hat. You know, welcoming the players as they finish their rounds on Sunday to Byron Nelson. Just what 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 a great gentleman, and so glad that we could play that interview again. Well, you talk about him missing him at the Byron Nelson Classic, seeing him there on television. I miss seeing him at Augusta National, Mm. walking in upstairs into that upper area where we used to have breakfast with my dad and that kind of thing, and and I miss seeing him there as well. He is missed. All the great ones certainly are missed. The Mac 9's next.